0: last time I heard your voice on the telephone was up in my room on my princess, you know, landline. And I, I mean, I used to get in so much trouble for our phone bills because every single call we made back then was a long distance call. Wouldn't believe been. Hi guys, welcome back to Secrets of a Sober Mom. Today is going to be fun. Serious, but fun. So, who remembers their very first young love? And who could have predicted that we could both struggle with addiction that affected our kids, get divorced? Well, maybe not in that order, um, and be lucky enough to have our exes still in our lives supporting us. Oh, and reconnect after a lifetime. Of not seeing or speaking to each other. Hi,
1: Greg. Hi, Leslie. You're right. Who Who would have thought? Uh, this is it's surreal, almost like a movie. Really I know. That, I know. That, that, that here we are. Here we are talking again after. Gosh, I don't even. I don't know if I could say how long. I don't want to date either of us, but 35 years.
0: I know for 40. About almost 40 years. Almost wow. 40 years. So, I mean, wow. some things really come full circle. Well, is this full circle? Is that an example of that? I don't mm, know.
1: It kind of is. Yeah, I would say it is full circle um, in the weirdest set of circumstances. And, and, you know, look what brought us together, um, you know, this, this, this crazy disease.
0: Um, I know. Amazing. But know. here we
1: are, sober.
0: Here we, here we are. So Greg and I, just to give you a little background, Greg and I met at sleepaway camp, Camp Starlight. When we were, oh God, you know, I don't know. I think, I think you were two. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're two years older than me. So, either I was thirteen and you were fifteen, or I was fourteen and you were sixteen, something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, those right
0: ages. Yeah, that it's a little funny about camp. I do remember I was your girlfriend. I do remember. I don't. It's funny. I don't remember that much about camp. I do remember, you know, it, now it's like the Gestapo. I mean, it is so strict. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have used that that term, but, <laughs> you know, the new owner and director. I, I think sleepaway camp in general now is, I mean, at a co-ed camp, the boys and girls, you know, they're not even allowed. I mean, remember when we were there, I think, you know, it's a separate camp. We Grounds. we did I mean there were some some things we shared but you know the only time we really saw each other was evening activity which that was like oh my god the time you look forward to and if you had a boyfriend you would walk back remember and you'd go to it and you would go to the
1: boy got to work (laughs) to walk the girl back to the girl's camp yeah home plate
0: yeah and
1: you were allowed to go and then you would make out
0: right behind a tree behind right. a tree
1: yep right and the camp allowed that uh, I, I to some extent i think
0: i think <laughs> that they did i i mean if, if the camp didn't allow it the counselors allowed it but yeah. now oh my god greg i mean i know that i don't know if your daughter does she go to sleep camp? yeah, yeah.
1: yeah not okay. yet No, she's still uh maybe next year she would have gone this year but we had COVID, of course she's only nine years old but oh right
0: with- right I mean, it's it's so strict. It, you can't even you could barely even look at each other, but anyway, um, you know. And I remember that feeling, and it was awesome. I mean, there's really yep, nothing like. I don't
1: know. If, I don't know if you remember. Like, um, it was a big deal. Like, so there was boyfriend girlfriend camp relationships, but then like a lot of those relationships, the day camp ended, like it just automatically stopped. Like that's just how it was at that age. Um, but with us, I think um, it carried out into the real world uh, beyond, beyond camp, like into when we were both in high school.
0: It did. Right, It
1: wasn't just camp. It was real, I think.
0: Yeah. I think <laughs> that I was, I was going into ninth grade. I was going into ninth grade. So I was 15. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, and you did
1: go to my senior prom with me.
0: So I, did, I did, I yeah. did, I did. And you know, when you think back at that time, it's like your first love. But like you know, and everything that means to you and how you makes it, and how it makes you feel at that age. I mean, we were yep. we were really young. And when I think about my kids, and oh yeah, yeah you know, oh, uh, you know, I get a lot from people who knew me, you know, a long, long time ago, like you, you know, they say you were such a goody goody, you know, or I never, I never would have
1: too much much of a goody goody, too much of a goody goody for me.
0: see, I like that, I like that, you know?
1: And you know, me too, and me too, you know, I was, I played three sports in high school. I'd never tried anything. I had never smoked a cigarette. I never drank a beer, Um, you know, we were both kind of goody goodies.
0: I think yeah, you were definitely. I remember hockey was your thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Rangers. One
0: of my yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: True. Yeah.
0: Um. You know, so you know, I get you were such a goody-goody. I never would have pegged you to become an alcoholic. You know, yeah. I get you know you never got in trouble. You know, and uh-huh. funny with the non-addicts, and I guess me too. Before I, you know, started drinking like an animal, alcoholically. You know, they their thoughts about addiction and alcoholism is you know is just false and as you know it could strike anyone at really yep. any time in their lives you know it's you know I say this and it's it's true it's not just i say it you know i i you know um addiction you know it's a disease that remains dormant in you and something awakens that beast right mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know? Absolutely.
1: Um, and it could be at any at any time. It could be as a you know, an adolescent, it can be as a young adult, it can be as an older adult. You never know.
0: You never know. But um so getting back for just one more second, you know, I I was, you know, I was a good girl, you know, a goody goody goody. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I had a mouth, you know, I was punished a lot for being fresh. I mean, that was my thing. You know, did I sneak out at night and smoke or drink or do drugs? Absolutely not. You know, did I get in trouble in school? Absolutely not. I mean, except I think one time in ninth grade in uh, Senor Finnegan's French class, I um, got in trouble for chewing gum. I got a detention. I mean, that was like the extent of my rebelness. Seriously. Crazy. Yeah. You know, I did though I did, however, always like boys, you know, I guess you could say like that was my jam back then, you know i I had more boyfriends, not boyfriends, you know, male friends sometimes than girlfriends, and I think that was true for my entire life. You know, I was never promiscuous, though. I never had a one night stand ever well. That's not true. I lied. Maybe one time, but I, but I knew him. He was the, (laughs) he was, he was a friend of my ex-boyfriend and I knew him. Does that count? It was only Um, one.
1: It's a half, it's a half one night stand when you know the person.
0: Okay. So I I had a half one night stand. Right. So that was the extent of that and i was always like the girl with the boyfriend like that was you know that was like my reputation and it wasn't a bad one you know and nope. i've talked i talked about this before but you know in high school that's what i enjoyed doing over going to parties over drinking you know and looking back i guess if i want to start analyzing why And believing it simply wasn't because i'm just a hopeless romantic and love kissing and love cuddling you know can it reflect some sort of insecurity about myself you know an insecurity that ultimately led to my drinking i don't know maybe maybe i don't know i mean i never felt less than i never felt not pretty enough not good enough i mean i was an average student in school you know that that's the thing i kicked ass in graduate school but honest and honestly, just scraped by in middle school, and I did very average in high school. You know the reason why is still out to the jury, I, but yeah. I don't think it had anything to do with my potential. But that's a layer to the onion I haven't peeled yet.
1: <laughs> You'll get there.
0: You know, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of layers, and um, I there's a, there's a lot that I want to uncover. But no, I haven't I haven't gotten that yet. Um, you know, but you know, we were so young, and I did get, I did get in a little trouble with you, though, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. If you got in
1: a little trouble, that would be so boring. If we didn't get in any, I trouble. know,
0: I know. So, oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: You know, uh, you know, I, I, me and my friends stole a car from from one of one of their parents <laughs> so we could come Wait. see you. And I think I wound up in your closet one time or something <laughs> that you <usually laughs> reminded me of. I don't even. <laughs> Uh, anyway, stuff oh, I, have, stuff I have to look forward to being, being the father of a nine year old. I, I know. I know. Crazy. God. Yeah. So.
0: and coincidentally, anyway. we both ended up going to college in the same city.
1: Yes, you we know,
0: did. We, DC. We, DC. We hardly saw each other though. Every once in a while, at at the yes. exchange, at the bar mm-hmm. that um that uh, Greg went. Could I say it? yeah oh okay greg, yeah. <laughs> greg yeah, went sure. to greg went to g w he was a, he sure. was a little he was smarter than me i went to i went to american <laughs> and um we yeah we would run
1: into each other at the exchange sometimes which was right. more of a more of a GW bar um but yeah. uh american people uh we we allowed in sometimes that's
0: um, so funny um, as i as- before we did, before we um, started the recording today, I wanted to ask you that because I had a vague memory of it being a GW place that AU kind of invaded.
1: Yeah, well, you had, you know, for, if you went to GW, you could walk to it, and if you went to AU, you certainly had to drive um, or take a taxi from the other yep. side of DC. Yeah, so and
0: you, and you know what's uh, so yeah. you know what's so insane, and I've said this before. So, you know, and this is why my podcast is Secrets of a Sober Mom is that we piled into a car. Sometimes I drove, sometimes my friends drove. We Uber did not exist. A taxi was just not and it had nothing to do with money. People at AU had yep. plenty of money to spend on a taxi. It we just didn't think about it. We got in a car. Yep. We drove to the exchange, yep. drank our asses off and I didn't really drink yeah. that. I mean, I drank, I, I drank, I, you know, uh, you know, and we got in the car and drove home and it's a fucking yeah. miracle, Greg, that, I mean, unless there's something I don't remember, I, yeah. we're all, we're all alive and we were yeah. never yeah. arrested.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I lived, uh, I lived, uh, my junior and senior year, I lived off campus, um, up by American over, uh, at Wisconsin and Massachusetts the national cathedral so you know we went to the exchange almost every night and at that point we had to drive we was no more, no longer walking from the dorms and i will tell you um there was never once uh not only not in college but in my entire life that i ever got behind a wheel um having had a drink i, I was always scared of that um, i was scared straight i guess as a kid um and it's something that petrified me And it's something that I never did uh, because I was just so afraid of what happens if something, you know, happens or it was an accident or somebody got killed. And so, you know, that for me, that was never part of my story. But yes, everybody, everybody drove drunk as can be. And it is now thinking about it.
0: It's insane. Wait a minute. So you would never, you would never get behind your car, but did you get into a car? Nope. Nope. I, 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 Well, I shouldn't say no. There
1: were probably times, yes. Um, I, I was, I was more concerned about me as the driver, and if I had caused an accident or killed somebody, that I would wind up in prison. As I was more scared of that than being in a car um, and being part of an accident. Um,
0: right, they're both, right.
1: They're both, they're both horrific. But I was more scared of the consequences to myself in terms of. You know, um
0: jail and things like that. See, you were always smarter than me. I love that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like me, maybe.
0: You know what just popped into my head that I haven't thought about in so long and it's kind of irrelevant but and might make you laugh if you remember. Because he went to GW. Do you remember there was a um there was a DJ at the exchange?
1: See, now you're really, now you're really challenging me. I I don't remember all that much from the exchange for, for obvious okay. reasons.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause there was, there was a DJ. Yes, I remember, well, the, yes, there, was there was a was DJ. Yeah. There was always yes, music. There was. Okay.
1: I re- I do. I do remember that. Of course. Yeah. Right. So have you been back the there
0: because it, they completely redid yes. it? Like a lot of it's the same, well, but that whole area where yeah, like yeah. the music was like, that's not there yeah. anymore.
1: So, so I haven't been back to DC in maybe, 15 20 years but i was oh. going back regular. but i was going back regularly after we graduated you know for a good 10, 10 12 years and towards the end there uh, I'll, I'll tell you that the exchange was no longer the exchange um it, it became a swingers club i don't know if you know that
0: um, No. oh my yeah, god yeah no
1: way. That, and yeah i'm telling you the truth um it became a swingers club not that i into the swinging scene um, but I remember having having gone there trying to go and, and, and have a drink with I don't even remember maybe it was even my wife at the time um and there was swinger party going on and uh, that's, that's so what funny. if he <laughs> probably not your scene
0: no definitely not nor definitely mine. not nor, I'm nor trying mine. to think yeah. I hadn't been back Trying to think. I, I was back. I was back a few times, but I had never I never went back to the exchange. And uh-huh. um, I love DC, it's just an amazing, amazing city. But um we went with the kids a couple of years ago. Oh, because Max was looking at GW. Okay. And I went back for the first time since 1989. Wow. Um and it's it's a sports bar now. And okay. I think it actually says like exchange, and it looks uh-huh. they redid it. I mean, it, there's a lot of it that's the same. You know, they redid yeah. the bar. Obviously, it's not that disgusting wood. It still stinks. You walk in, it still smells. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. It still uh-huh. smells
0: like beer, but um, it was really, really weird being back there. Yeah, it well, was, well,
1: thank God they they redid it um, after it was a swingers club in the in between there. Uh, we have, you know, hopefully they oh, disinfected God. it also.
0: <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. So, anyway, yeah. so, and then coincidentally, after college, we wound up living in the same um, yep. neighborhood in New York City. Yep. I mean, around Cramersy the corner Park. in Gramercy Park. That's
1: right. That's right. So, and I remember seeing you. I think you were with a friend. It was a late night, one night. Somehow you guys, we, we Came back to my place, I think, not, not, not for anything sinful, but uh you guys came over to check it out. I think It was—I remember that. That was maybe when we were a couple years out of college. I was probably Wait, in my twenties. still.
0: I did you live on Irving?
1: Yes, I did. I lived on Irving Place. Okay,
0: I knew I had, that. I had a
1: key to the park. I had a key to the park.
0: I know. See, so you got a key to the park. I was—I was, I was yeah. slumming on on Third Avenue and Eighteenth Street. Well,
1: well, that's because, like you said, I'm smarter than you. <laughs>
0: Wait, but I don't remember going to your apartment. I have no recollection of that. I remember bumping. Yeah, there was like there yeah. was a sushi. There was a sushi place on Irving. Um. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. Japonica.
0: Japonica. No, that's what. Yeah, oh no, no. Uh, oh no, no, that was on. Uh, that was on no,
1: university not Japonica. Japonica. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I, wound I don't up remember living
1: on University as well. Yes, yeah, I, I know the place. I'm on, on the 19th and yeah. Irving on the yeah. Corner.
0: And uh, yeah. I re- I remember bumping into you there, and I'm sure we bumped into each other a few more times after that. And it was just, you know, yeah. it, we never. It was like, hi, how are you? Okay, and that was that. I think I and
1: remember then, you were. I think I remember you telling me that were you ever dating a tennis player? Yes, like, I uh,
0: did. Yeah, I I, I, re- I remember
1: that. I yeah. remember that.
0: Uh, he was, was a. a oh, he was a professional. He was. He was from Mexico City. Uh-huh. And uh, he was a professional tennis player. That was fun. I I remember.
1: Yeah. That, I'm
0: sure it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Anyway, I was going to tell you, and I don't want to talk about it because I want to. I want to talk about you. But I was going to tell you when we were talking about the exchange that there was a DJ there. I think his name was Mike, and uh-huh. we 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 had a little fling. I thought I thought maybe uh-huh. you would say I remember him, but I yeah mm. I I don't I have no idea why it must have been like. In between, like that short period of time where I didn't have a boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, you don't, you don't, you don't know him, so it's so it's irrelevant. I wonder where he's now. Oh, good. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, so yeah, so we lived in the same. You know, we lived in the same. Uh, maybe, maybe something was going on that you know things were drawing us together. But whatever.
1: <laughs> um, maybe.
0: I know. And then. We that was it, then we lost touch, yes. but i I yeah. heard you know the buzz um uh-huh. was that you were a big shot on Wall Street
1: that would be true so, uh, but the key word is the key operative word there is was <laughs> but yes, um, I was that's true so
0: i um I want to give you the chance to Ooh. talk about your story and, you know, what it, you know, what happened, you know, what it was like then, what it's like now and yeah. all of that.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, uh, it's a story that I'm, that I'm actually proud to tell.
0: Um, yeah. I'm glad cause
1: I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm proud to tell the story. So yeah. I mean, you, you summarized everything correctly. Um, you know, uh, just, you know, thinking back to the exchange, uh, Cause it's relevant, you know, yeah, uh, I was in a fraternity. Um, the exchange was our bar. We were all chasing women all the time in college, and I drank at the exchange like a fraternity guy drinks. I mean, just drinking and chugging, and but I, I was not of any way, shape, or form behaving alcoholically. Um, right. I was, I was a sophomore, junior, senior in college. That was doing what kids in college do: with your fraternity brothers, and you know, with your friends and girlfriends and whatever. And, um, you know, that place was one big drinking fest yeah. um, and, you know, at our fraternity parties and that you may have even come to a few of our parties.
0: I, I think I parties, did. Wait, you were, Garfield you were, in, you were in ZBT, right? Or AEPI? E. I was oh, in GBT. ZBT. Okay.
1: But if you remember, um, I lived on that house on Garfield Street. And I think one of your friends. Oh, was yes. Yes. And we had, we used to have these parties. Like, when we yep. were seniors, yep. you, you know, there were hundreds of people. We yep. had live bands yep. in the of living course. room. Of course.
0: Yep, and I remember that. I, that I remember yep. on Garfield. And we were drinking. Oh my God. We were
1: drinking like rock stars. And yep. um, But, you, you know, you have to put it into context. Like, drinking, like, was not my thing. Um, It's something I did, but, it's like, purely to get drunk and have parts of a personality come out that don't come out maybe when, when you're not it was so right. drinking with the boys, going to dead shows uh, going to springsteen shows and tailgating and good american behavior and uh <laughs> alcohol wasn't wasn't an issue for me um you know i uh I then went to uh you know I took my first drink ever uh in in high school when I was a senior It was the first yes. time I ever got drunk.
0: do you know so that I, I think one of the first times no no no, wait there's another time but i yeah. i I, re- I do remember drinking at your prom. And I uh-huh. think that was the first time that I ever, I one time before that, I think I snuck uh-huh. into my father, my parents' alcohol cabinet when I was like yeah. in like eight, like young and I didn't, you know, yeah. and that was that. I hated it. It was like scotch and I threw up and I didn't know what I was doing. But the first time I ever like had like a, I'm using air quotes, like social yeah. drink was at uh-huh. your prom, was at your prom. Right. Okay. In my, yeah. so, in, yeah. in my burgundy yeah. dress. I still remember it. Oh.
1: I remember the dress. I Remember it well. <laughs> I do. I really do. I don't. I can't remember yesterday, but I remember. I remember the dress. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, I drank. Uh, you know, late in 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 my high school year, senior year. You know, I was an athlete. I played three sports um, yep. for four years in high school. You know, uh, and um, then went off to college. My freshman year, I was I was kind of you know introverted. Um, I was very um, serious about my work. Um, and, uh, I did pledge of fraternity, but my sophomore year is when it kind of started coming out, um, with more than just alcohol. There's freshman girls in the dorm and, yep. you know, we got to, we got to pick our roommates as opposed to freshman year where they put you with somebody. And I picked, um, you know, three of my close friends that all happened to be complete stoners, um, uh, you know, drink, drinking nonstop, smoking pot nonstop, and every now and then using some other recreational drugs. Right. Like cocaine. And mm-hmm. uh, I had never I had never smoked pot until my sophomore year of college. I never too. even once my my freshman year. Me and too. um I, I, I liked it. Um I liked I liked doing it um in a way where, you know, we would we would smoke and then like put on Pink Floyd and then like stare at the ceiling because we had like these glow in the dark stars and we were all like <laughs> wow you know, we were like, Wow, man, you know, and that kind of thing. Um but but you know, the The other thing that was more of a special occasion type thing was cocaine, Um, and that's when I got introduced to that my sophomore year of college, and I had done it a few times and really liked it, and, you know, we would do it in groups of 30, like it was like a whole party that would go on in someone's dorm room, and, um, you know, and it was fun, I'm not going to lie, and uh, I remember it was my birthday, and we were at a nightclub, uh, some nightclub in D.C., and it was my birthday, and some of my friends had gotten it um and I did it and I swear I thought I was having a heart attack.
0: Um mm. my
1: heart was my heart was palpitating. I, I was having a panic attack um and from it and I rushed myself without telling anybody to George Washington University Hospital to mm. the emergency room and uh told them I was having a heart attack. And they're <laughs> like, You're not having a heart attack, how much Coke did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what they said to me. And they kept me there and they got me, you know, to come down. I think they, not only not remember what they did, but that was the last time I ever did it. I was so scared from that. That was the last time that I ever did it. Right. That's did exactly it
0: why I never touched drugs. It scared the shit out of me. I mean, I was poisoning myself with alcohol, but drugs, that was like a different bird. I, yep. I just was too afraid ever, ever touch it. I smoked pot maybe twice in my life. I hated the way it made me feel. And uh-huh. that was that was that. But
1: Yeah, and I get I get that. I get that, you know. Um and uh so that was that was college, you know, um and I continued to, you know, be a fraternity brother. I never did cocaine again. Um certainly drank, but drank like, you know, like a fraternity boy. Right,
0: right. And
1: right. uh I did my work. Um and uh my life was manageable. like you know. I graduated, uh, I got decent grades. I, um, I, I got my first job on Wall Street, right out of college. And um, my career became you know, my obsession. Um, I started out very low on the totem pole uh, at Lehman Brothers. Um, and uh, at the same time, you may remember this, but maybe not, um, I got involved in the nightclub business in New York City. Um, and I was, uh, I was a party promoter um, at all different nightclubs in New York um, uh, with my partner, Michael. And, um, I was very much in the nightlife scene, but I was Michael. in the nightlife scene fr- from the business side of it. Right. Mike- so, well,
0: Michael that I know,
1: Michael, Michael, yeah, you know, Michael, oh, no, okay. not that Michael. No, that different
0: much. Michael. Oh, okay. Different I don't Michael know. that
1: I went to college, college with. Oh, you might know I know. But-
0: I know so many Michaels. Michael, Michael is a name that is just, it's bizarre how it just, it has stayed with me. Like there's always Mike, a Michael.
1: I mean, there's no need to hide his name. It's Michael Brooks. I don't know if you remember Michael oh, Brooks. Oh, one of my, no. One of my best friends uh, to this day. We were partners. I don't and, think you know, I knew that.
0: I don't think I knew that.
1: Oh, I was, I was a big nightlife promoter. Um, you know, we we had like the biggest, uh, you know, parties going on in New York City. And, you know, I was very much involved in seeing, um, you know, nightlife scene by night and Wall Street trading desk by day. Um, but, you know, the thing that really kept me out of trouble uh, in the nightlife scene, because it was certainly a lot of trouble, um, was that I was working. I was there keeping track of money and making sure that no one was stealing from us and, you know, making sure that the right people got in and the right people didn't, the wrong people didn't get in. And so we were working and, you know, we weren't doing what everybody else was doing. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was another, you know, way that Just being occupied, I stayed out of trouble, and and um, you know my career my career continued to uh, to get better and better. I wound up um, after seven years at Lehman Brothers uh, at Bear Stearns, Um, and uh, I was on the bond trading desk and became a uh, managing director there. I had a really big career, Um, and then things started to go a different direction. It's funny, my best friends used to say to me always, Greg, if we ever had to go to war with together if we ever had to go to war together we would stand right behind you because all the bombs that would be dropped uh, you know near us they would fall all around you but never on us because you uh. were just the luckiest bastard the luckiest <laughs> bastard like with that. everything yeah. everything just went well and yeah. then I had a streak of shit really hitting the fan um mm. you know and uh basically you know first of all there was 9-11 um you know where I lost a lot of friends um, we thought my my brother-in-law was was dead. Um, he's not, but uh, we couldn't reach him for six hours. I went to a lot of funerals, you oh. know, in those in, in those two weeks.
0: I know. I and
1: know. and then you know, so that that had really affected me. Um, and soon thereafter, a couple years after that, um, my dad got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Hmm. I was I, I was I was married, but our marriage uh, was not going well. Um, and we were on the, we were on the brink of getting divorced. Um, and then on top of it all, um, stearns, uh, went out of business Mm. and I lost, I lost everything, everything financially. Um, I lost everything. Um, I, I did wind up getting divorced and my dad had died. All three of those things happened within 18 months of each other. And, um, I was almost homeless. Um, you know, I still had my apartment in New York City. I had no job. I had no money. My dad just died, and my wife just left me. And that's when it started. That's when it started. Um, I was. I mean, some people say it's a miracle you didn't kill yourself. i You know, I I didn't think about killing myself. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm too much of a you-know-what to kill myself. It starts with a P, but I won't say it on here. Yeah, you can say it um, yeah. This is not <laughs> a T-rated yeah. uh, okay, podcast. I, I, you are a enough. pussy. So much, <laughs> yeah, too much of a pussy to ever, ever kill myself. But, you know, I had a lot of shit, like, you know, all at once. I mean, think about that. Felicia, but did you, right? you
0: want to die? Because I, there's a lot of people, so many people I hear, like, you know, in the rooms and outside the rooms, you know, I, I just wanted to die. They would, I just, I wanted to drink mm. myself to death. I wanted to, you know, drug myself to death. I just want, I literally, I wanted my life to end. For me, I never felt that way. Never, ever, ever. I yeah. never, I never, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to drown myself in um you know in the in the euphoria of alcohol and just yes. stay, stay in that place i I never wanted to kill myself I, I wanted to live
1: you know um I think I was in too much of a fog um, really to to even know what I was thinking to be honest with you i mean I, I know that um, you know i i i, I didn 't have a job because my company went out of business. Um, all the stock that I had accumulated, which was millions and millions of dollars, um, became almost worthless. Um, I just lost my dad, and I and my wife just left me. It was like, every single thing that could be thrown at you at once. And um, I remember just being in, the, in my apartment, you know, in Greenwich Village, um, and having um, no job, and being in a lot of pain, and um, beginning to, you know, delve into... You know, what, what us alcoholics fell into is something to, you know, take us away from that. Right. Um, And that became cocaine. And I don't know how, like, I decided after all that time when I told you, when I thought I had a heart attack in college, like, what, you know, why did I choose that? Like, what made me think like, all right, I got to go out and find that. Like, I knew how to get it, right? It's a miracle. Like, I really didn't partake in it during my, my big, my big years on Wall Street because, you know, there's that stereotypical, you know, association of like of Wall Street and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 drugs and cocaine course, and all course. these other hookers and whatever and strip clubs, that whole connotation. And you know, I avoided all that because I was always just working so hard. Um, and uh so, what happened was, I, and now I'm remembering, what happened was, I my, as I said, my wife left me, so I was single, and you know, I was I was not working. Um, You know, I lost mostly everything, but not everything. And I just, I I, I started to date. I started to date before Bear Stearns went out. So I was still, you know, doing well at work right before, and I started dating. And I started, like, you know, I was 40 years old, and I was dating, you know, 25-year-old girls. I was dating, you know, dating some models. I would wind up in nightclubs. And I started using that socially because it was always put around me. It was always in front of me when I got into that single life. And so I started, now I remember, I started using that recreationally when I was still in a decent place. And as my dad got sicker and sicker, it started switching from using it and having fun to using it to escape. As these things started to, you know, the, the marriage was going down. So that it started, you know, to, you know, wash away that issue um, and then my dad, with Alzheimer's, um, as it got progressively worse, the using got prode- progressively deeper. Um, but they weren't like – it wasn't like, you know, um, you know ACDC and dancing in a nightclub and, you know, hanging out with models using. It was using it to escape, um, you know, this pain. Right. Um, fast forward to several years later. Now I'm back on Wall Street again. Um, two Two years later, I'm back on the street. I'm doing pretty well. I meet a girl um who I went to college with um who lived who lived in los angeles I lived in New York we knew each other and we became uh, very serious very quickly um and uh wound up having a uh wound up having a baby together but before we got pregnant, which we we were trying to do um I was still using. I ran into somebody after, you know, many, many years of graduating college that that I was friendly with in college, who I always liked in college, um, but she was never available. She was available now um, and we got into a very serious relationship. Um, She was living in Los Angeles. I was living in New York. I was back and forth uh, by Coastal. She was back and forth by Coastal. um, And I was still I was still using um, when I wasn't with her. Um, so I had like two lives. I had this life when, she, when we were together and things were great. Uh, and then, you know, I, I had this other life, which was still, you know, in a very precarious position still in my life, having, you know, I'm trying to rebuild my, my business. Um, you know, I suffered a lot of damage financially, you know, my credit scores and all this stuff, collateral damage. And so I was still, you know, trying to wash that away, um, when she wasn't around and, and then uh, it came to the point where I realized that you know this was not good behavior, and I told her um, what I was doing. I told her that, you know, I think I have a problem and I need to stop this." And you, know, she, you know, she was very shocked, um, and uh, she basically told me, "You know if you ever do it again, um, we're done." Uh, and then, And I stopped. I stopped, uh, and then we, uh, you know, we got pregnant. And, you know, she basically told me again, you know, if you ever do that again, you'll never see your child. Something like that. Um, and I never did, but it was over. Cold turkey, no, no, you know, uh, no programs, no rehab, nothing, I just stopped. Right.
0: And you um, didn't get sick? I mean, I know nothing about, I know nothing about cocaine. No,
1: I didn't get sick, it was done. It was, okay. it was just done. And I'm All And right. I was very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, I think, um, uh, you know, with cocaine use, um, there are cravings that people can have, but there's not like a withdrawal, um, where your body physically okay. needs to okay. have it. Right. Um, it's different. And so, and then I was a father and, um, you know, I, all of a sudden now I'm a dad, um, I'm still living in New York and I'm going out to California every single weekend, every single weekend for like three or four years. Um, I didn't move to LA because I was really still trying to rebuild my business on Wall Street. And I didn't think that I was uh, talented enough and good looking enough to uh, become an actor um, at 37 years old. Moving to Los Angeles. You know, her moving to New York wasn't on the table either because she's in the entertainment business and her business was in LA. Um, My business was in New York. Had my business been solid, Um, you know, and, and predictable, you know, and I, and I had some, you know, you know, stability, I would have been a second said, quit your job, you know, and move to New York. I don't want you to work anymore. You don't, you don't have to work or if you want to can. but we, we both needed to be where we we were because there was too much instability in my life. Um, But yet, but yet, you know, I was very much deep in this relationship and I was, and I was really, really happy. And, once the baby came, you know things became more complicated and you know cut to um we wound up um splitting up um me you know being now a father in new york um mm. you know in in' we're no longer in a relationship, and we weren't married either um and it was contentious and so because I was so much in love with my daughter like any other father or mother with,
0: with
1: a with a with a with an infant um my lawyer said, you know, you've got to move to L.A. Um, if you want custody, And I moved to L.A. And I couldn't have it couldn't have been at a more challenging time because I wasn't stable, meaning work wise. Um, you know, I was just in a rebuilding stage, almost like I was in my 20s again. And now I had to, you know, I, I wanted to move to Los Angeles so I could get custody of my kid. You know, half 50, 50 custody. And I did that. I left that. I left you know, possible rebuild career on Wall Street, I left my family, um, I left my friends, and I moved to California. Um And I went out there to get custody of my daughter, which I did, um, you know, we, we shared 50-50 custody. But I was really challenged. I, I was living a double life. I, I had still really no money uh, at this point. Um I was, you know, having my daughter um, in hotels because I, I had... A, Gotten a permanent residence, uh, so we would stay in hotels. And then when I would return to my daughter, um, some you know, for some period of time, um, I was sleeping in the car, and nobody knew that. Like, but that was painful, and that pain and all of this toxic stuff that was going on, we wound up in court, and it was just a really, really bad, you know, year or two years. Um, the using got worse. Um, And more isolated and, you know, just, you know, just more painful Um, cut to, you know, uh, I got back on my feet. I got into a different business. Um, I was doing quite well. I now had the ability to, you know, uh, live in, you know, a a nice desirable place. I moved to Malibu um, and I had a double life. I had my daughter. Um, uh, when I had her and there was no, there was no bad behaviors. There was no using. Um, but then when she went back to her mother, first of all, it was very depressing for me, you know, have right. such a high and a low. Right.
0: right? No, I, mean, I, know. Have high, I know. The I was high there. of
1: your children. And yeah. then all of a sudden they're not, there, they're not there.
0: I know. It's like, I, right, I what know. What it's, do it's I do awful. now? Right. It's awful. It's just that? awful. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Stephen and I were, um, you know, we're separated and, you know, we didn't have, took a long time for us to get divorced because, you know, uh, things were just so crazy and I was so angry and there was just so much, it was just such a vitriolic relationship. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the kids Thanks. were with him, you know, on the weekends. And then sometimes during the week and I'll never forget that very first time that, uh, you know they went to be with him it was i i i cried for hours and hours and mm. hours and then they were they were literally i wasn't allowed to see them because you know my drinking got so bad that I was putting them in danger and and this is a whole other story. I mean it's on, it's on some of my episodes but family services uh-huh. was called and you know they got involved yeah. and I was not allowed I was I was physically not allowed to be in the company of my children. Forget about them uh, sleeping at my house. I was not allowed uh, to be in their company without Steven there. It was awful. It was it, supervised, was it was
1: supervised visits.
0: Supervised visits. I mean they would come uh, in. it was awful. It was it was I, Uh, I got sober for my kids. I got, I got sober for my kids and that's it. I mean, I I got sober because I didn't want to die first of all. And and Mm then I got sober for my kids. So, okay. So you were, you were sleeping in your car. Uh, you know, well, yeah, but I got past that.
1: I, I got, you know, I got into. Oh, right, right, That's
0: right. You were in Malibu. You had a, you had a house. Yeah, I was,
1: I was, I was doing well. I was making money. Um, yet, um, I was still, I was still, you know, very lonely. I was depressed. <clears throat> I had still had other issues that had to be worked out, and I had very low self esteem for the first time in my life. <laughs> I've mm. always had high self esteem, and my my self esteem was crushed, and. Um, I basically isolated. I, I didn't feel like, you know, I was a single guy living in Malibu, but I didn't feel like I was dateable. Like I felt so bad about myself um, right. <laughs> and the things that, you know, I that I was doing and, and, and had done um, that I just isolated. Like, and um, I would have happens. my daughter and I'd have this whole yeah. weekend. Uh, and then she would go and I'd have this emptiness and especially yep. in Malibu, like there's not much going on there. It's a beautiful place, but like, there's not a lot to do and so that boredom i think the depression just it continued the behavior continued when i didn't have my kids um but then things started happening where i realized you know and and this is what happens with, with us alcoholics we realized that we're powerless and, and how did i realize i was powerless because i was doing things that i would never willingly do to the people that i loved. right Had I been in control, like clearly, if you're hurting the people you love the most, you are not in control or you're just a sick human being Um, or which which we are. Right. And and like I missed my daughter's dance recital, you know, um, some other things um, had happened. And I said to myself, what are you doing? Um, First of all, this innocent child, um, you know, this behavior is not fair to her. It's so disgustingly selfish um, to to have an innocent child who doesn't ask for this in her life, you know, to have this, you know, father behaving this way, um, you know, potentially endangering himself, endangering others, and, you know, I had to come to you know Jesus moment or come to God moment where I was like, this is enough, and I went to the people that care about me and I said, I have a problem. Um, the biggest turning point in all of this is when I went to my ex, the mother of my child, who, you know, I was in a court case with. Um, and I went to her and I said, I can't I can't have uh Sydney, I can't have custody of Sydney now, um, because I have a problem and I need to take care of it and I'm not able to take care of her the way that she should be and it's not safe. And and I basically put myself last I, like I was always a selfish person and I, I couldn't have been more unselfish by doing that because I was prepared for anything that was going to happen to me. Like, you know, this woman who I w- wasn't getting along with, you know, well, who's married, by the way, my daughter and the stepfather, she could have taken that and tried to harm me with that, with my custody. Um. So, but she didn't, she said, I don't want it. I don't want to hurt you. I want Sydney to have a father. And that was that, that, that yeah. was, the moment where I surrendered and you know that was a year and two weeks ago and I cannot tell you and you hear these stories so you know Leslie and I hear it in your story my life is fantastic and I'm proud to tell this story because I realized that I was sick and it's not an easy thing to get unsick from. And I've accepted every challenge. I have died so deep. I have helped others. And I'm proud to say that, uh, you know, that, I, that I've that i gone through this. And I am a much better human being than I was before all of this, yep. even before yep. the using.
0: Yep. I'm just a right. much
1: better person. And I'm Isn't, great that to... Isn't
0: that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I feel the That's same the way. That's the story.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I hear your story. First of all, you know, we hadn't been in touch forever. And. I, I got the i i got the i got the gig that you that that you went through just by i guess seeing things on Facebook, and I was like, Leslie, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And I then know. I heard the, the details of the story, and I was like, not only like you know did you go off the rails, man, but you went off the rails, <laughs> like.
0: I know. and that's hard, not even everything. You know? I don't even think I've said you know. There's more. I mean, I think I said I said oh. to you you know off air we were on the phone that you know, there's always, it's always the yets, right? So I can't say it, it can, you know, there's always a yet, hopefully there won't yet. be that yet, but there's, yep. you know, basically two things that haven't happened to me. I, I never landed in jail and yep. I'm still alive, you know, and that those two right. things, you know, landing in jail and dying, if I picked yep. up again are definitely things that could happen to me. So well, you know, I, you, you know, know what they
1: say in AA. You know what they say in AA. They say if you can keep using, either you're going to wind up dead in jail or an jail institution. Jail or an institution,
0: those, right? Yeah.
1: Those, those yeah. are the things, and yeah. that's true. I believe it. I
0: yeah. believe it. So yes, yeah. I
1: yeah. I have embraced AA. Um, I am, you know, in a group uh, in the Pacific Palisades in Los Angeles of of men. I go to men's meetings only. Um, I go seven days a week. Um, you know, in my first ninety days I probably went to hundred and twenty meetings. Um, you know, I've done the twelve steps twice. Right. Um I'm the secret I'm the secretary now of my meeting of a bunch of men that are awesome. serious guys. serious, awesome. serious people. Yeah. So that's my story, Les, and you know, I am uh I'm grateful for it. Seriously, like and I'm not just giving lip service, like No, I know exactly me.
0: what you mean. I know exactly what you mean because I feel I don't yeah. think everybody feels this way. Um uh-huh. Because there's a lot of people I ask, you know, to come on the show right. or ask to, you know, um, come with me to a speaking engagement, and there's just people who who just do not want to talk about it. There's still like this element of shame, and that's like that's my mm-hmm. thing right now is to really just destigmatize the shame of addiction because it has to be looked at, and I say this all the time, it has to be looked like looked at like any other disease if you have cancer you need chemo if you're a diabetic you need insulin i mean it is it is no different you know people you know could say you know oh well you chose no we didn't choose to become addicts it's it's we right. just didn't we didn't you know it's a disease We into
1: it yep yep
0: and you know it's- um So, you know, that I feel very strongly about sharing my story and being honest always. And I have zero, zero shame about, about, you know, my story. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people, including, including, you know, some of my family members who, Mm -hmm. you know, who don't always want to share everything that I, you know, post and do. And, you know, and that's okay. That's okay. Well, I, um,
1: I get it. And I and I think what you're doing is fantastic. I'm, I'm proud of you. And I think it's really amazing. And, you know, you, you know, what gets better than this? I mean, this is really the sums it up for me. Um, when I started going to AA, my daughter was staying, you know, with her mother. Um, I, and I wouldn't have her like on overnights, but my ex was very cool and said, you can see her whenever you want. And I would come over and my daughter knew. Uh, we had to tell her something while all of a sudden, like, you know, you weren't with daddy. And I told her that, you know, daddy, daddy has to focus right now on himself. Um, And uh, I'm, I have to, every day I I go to a meeting with a bunch of dads. That's what I, that's what I told her. And I said, it's a bunch of dads that go there to become better dads. So, and then, so. Oh, I like that. Great. She, so, right. So I, you know, she, she, there's two dads that she knows. Old dad. Greg, who was you know short tempered, moody, and that was from the using to new dad, and she tells me, "I love new dad." I mean, how awesome is that? Like when a nine year old says to their father, "I love new dad." Like that, I'm grateful for that. I I mean, I'm just a better person and a better father. Oh, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that. Period. Yeah, I know.
0: Do you um do you have do you do you still have fifty? uh, fifty fifty
1: custody with your yeah, ex? Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I have fifty fifty custody. Um, I am a lot my my self esteem is really at a you know, I don't want to say it at an all time high, but I'm very confident, um, you know, with who I am. Uh, you know, I know I'm a good person. I try to do the right thing, I try to help others and, you know, uh, you know, we're still easing back into I had promised myself and I had promised um my ex that you know, I wanted to really focus on myself for a year, to the point like where, like in you know, sometimes in AA they'll say you know, don't date, don't, don't yeah, be in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I took that seriously. I, I I haven't. You know, I've just worked on me, and we had both promised each other like, you know, uh, let's, let's get through a year. Um, not that it ends after a year. We know it never ends. There's no finish line with this stuff, right? right. I mean, it's yeah, just a yeah. it's a ongoing process, yeah. but. No. I'm in a very good place in my life. I'm very happy. My friends and my family, they can't believe it. It's like, like, you are a different human being.
0: I know. Um, I, know. You know, yep. you know? I know.
1: Yeah. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's all good. Oh, it's all good. I'm so happy good. for
0: you. I am. I, I'm so happy I for felt you. Like I,
1: talk, I felt like I talked too much. I mean, no,
0: you know, no, so no. Sober. This is people. I'm, people who... I'm not a sober mom. No, you're, you're, you're a sober dad and I love it. And people, you know, I think that every story that people hear, um, is so helpful. It's so, so helpful. Every time, you know, I am in a meeting and somebody shares, even if I can't completely relate or our lives, you know, are just so different, there's usually something, something that somebody says that resonates with me, and it just Absolutely. it just makes you feel so much better and just so less alone and Absolutely. I know I know because I hear it from people who have heard the podcast that there will be people yeah. listening to this story who will you know send it or share it to you know their ex or their you know husband or their boyfriend or their friend or whomever, and people will yeah. listen and and um and be helped by it. So that's why I do what yeah. I do.
1: It's true. You know, they say, yeah. you know, in my room, they say in my room that I go to in, in Palatades, um, you know, nobody comes into these rooms on a winning streak. <laughs> no, you know, no, and, uh, no. and, I, and, 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 then there's the other saying, where is, where is, um, my life, my life was better before I got sober said nobody.
0: <laughs> exactly. there, there are so right. many sayings i mean the sayings are right. out of control um, i i mean, so it's, there are so many fucking sayings you know most of them you know make sense and are good you know there's there's right. a lot of them right. though there's yeah there's a lot go of them
1: stick, um, so yeah so, i hope that uh, i hope that something i said you know no i up. i really do
0: i I know that it did i know that it did and i just and isn't
1: it so crazy that like a sickness like this is what brought us back in touch with each other it's so ironic i know yes and no i know and now we're out now we're alcoholics
0: i (laughs) know yes and no yes you know yes and no but i'm glad i'm really i'm happy i'm really happy and um i hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and Greg, just keep going, you know, keep going. And it's, it's for all, you, it, it's great, it's great, great stuff. And, um, you yeah. know, the most important thing is that your daughter has a silver dad, so.
1: And, and your children have yeah. yeah. a silver mom.